Welcome to ETF TV. I'm Deborah Furr. This year, we saw that the Fed buying high yield and investment grade ETFs really raised the awareness and confidence in those products. And year to date, we have seen 64 billion of net new money going into investment grade ETFs. High yield ETFs have taken in 10 billion. And I'm Dan Barnes. We're now going to talk about the use of ETF options by bond investors for hedging and risk management for their portfolios. Joining us are Robin Fox, credit volatility trader at JP Morgan, and Lee Bartholomew, head of derivatives product R&D for fixed income at Eurex. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for having us. Robin, if I can start with you, for which instruments are investors using options to hedge their risks? The biggest growth in that space is probably the credit ETF options market. It's not really been, or at least in Europe, it's not really been a market that's been extremely developed. But with a pretty big growth in actual underlying ETF trading volumes as well, we started to see investors kind of ask for new ways that they can hedge their credit portfolios. Why do you think investors are using fixed income ETFs? 2020 is kind of a perfect example for why people have been using them. It's been a year with, you know, incredible volatility. We've seen the extremes on both ends. You know, we're at all-time highs in pretty much every asset I can think of. And we've seen, you know, some of the lowest levels or widest levels in credit spreads that we've seen in the last 10 years, pretty much. Where they're using credit fault swaps, credit fault swap options, equity options, what are the pros and cons of each of those to try and hedge the risks that they're facing? I mean, I guess the immediate pros and the reason that most investors have been using or turning to that as a sort of port of first call in the last few years has yeah. been just the liquidity. You know, the depth of that market is obviously pretty much unparalleled in credit especially sort of in the options market on the hedging front, the, the volumes that you can do there are pretty significant. Clearly, some investors also turn to the, the equity options market, again, purely from a sort of depth perspective, and occasionally because they think it's cheaper to hedge with equity options. Clearly, the pros and cons of that, as we've actually seen in 2020, is you know both markets don't necessarily always track like for like. So whilst yeah. they'll probably go in the generic same direction, the magnitude of the moves can be really quite different credit ETF options or linear ETFs as well is kind of a, a better alternative for that. I think liquidity comes out in what Robin's saying, right? And I think if you look at ETF options, it's another tool which is additive to the toolkit of the end investor. When you're looking at ETFs, ones on spread volatility, just with the basis tracking and the error tracking, they want the hedge which covers more of their basis. And I think on the fixed income ETF options side, in Europe, it's taking longer to gain traction but when you see investors get comfortable, the risk that they're willing to then put on is quite significant, right? So you mm -hmm. can see up to a billion of the underlying initiated in one single trade. And the market makers are comfortable taking down that risk themselves. And therefore, then I think that gives the end investors comfort that that's a product that you can use. Are there any restrictions when investors are running usage funds using these instruments? The one that's most obvious is IHYU. A lot of clients effectively want to take exposure on dollar high yield ETF, which is HYG, but it's not actually use it's eligible. So clearly they run into a bit of a, a speed bump there. The London listed IHYU is almost identical in terms of underlying portfolio, but it's use it's eligible. There are even some funds which have mostly non-use it, but then have some sub pockets which are use it's and they'll do you know, a large part in HYG and then some of it in IHYU just to satisfy that and make sure that they can have the same level of protection or same level of portfolio exposure across all of their funds. And what's the level of engagement you see in the options market today? 
the US high yield market is enormous, you know, five to 10 years ahead of the European market. So it kind of sets the stage for what might be the potential in the coming years. The next level down from that is probably the usage versions of the US underlying, like we just mentioned, so IHYU. That's sort of more sporadic, but, you know, you do occasionally still see some relatively large trades. And sort of on the third level, and the one we've been focusing the most this year, is the European credit ETFs, so European high yield and European IG. Those sort of saw quite a lot of engagement, like Jan, Feb. The pandemic then kind of struck just as things were getting going. And I think that naturally put off a few investors. The market is still kind of getting back to grips with what normality looks like in terms of trading, especially in the credit world. And so, you know, in the coming 12 months, I'd imagine that we're going to see a pickup in that again and see more and more interest. What type of investors do you see using these products? And is it more tactical or strategic in the way they're using? We see literally every kind of investor, all sorts of trades. So you see the really, really big strategic trades. You know, it could be a fund that's had a very, very good performance year to date. And they want to kind of lock in the gains that they've had without, you know, completely unwinding their risk. You might also see, you know, someone hedging a very large risk event. So we just have the US election. It's like, oh, the market looks oversold here, but I'm not super high conviction. I don't really know if I want to add a load of risk. You know, that's been a very topical one in 2020 because, you know, at some points the market felt like the bottom was dropping out. So turning to options and buying calls or receiver options, that was extremely popular. Lee, are there any other points you have there in terms of level of engagement and the way you're seeing instruments used? As an exchange, what we are trying to work with people on is A, the education around the use of them and the use cases, but then also then focusing on how do we ensure that you get a little bit more frequency in the volumes, right, to complement the bigger trades when they come in so that there's less kind of gap between risk being put on and put off. And I think 2021 will be a good platform for which to kind of then, you know, really pick up and scale. Yeah. I would say it's very rare where you have one extremely large developed product in one region, namely the US here, that doesn't end up following suit in Europe. Yeah. You know, it's sort of only a matter of time until like, you know, the European credit ETF option market does pick up. Borrow on the underlying is one of the biggest differences between the US and Europe. In the US, every holder of the ETF tends to want to lend out the shares that they have. In Europe, that's still a bit of an issue, but it's being worked on. It's already improving a lot. So I think that's one of the key things that is slowly starting to unlock liquidity in the sort of hedging, repo and options market. Lee, Robin, thank you. Thanks very much. Been a pleasure. I'd like to thank Robin, Lee and Deborah for their insights today. And of course, you for watching. To catch up on our other shows or to subscribe to our newsletter, go to etftv.net or tradertv.net.